evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. I'm your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring all things spooky on Wednesdays because Wednesdays are for podcasts. And honestly, guys, I'm really excited about this episode because I am too. This is one of our favorite uh, haunted locations. We will never visit it. Um, but um, I do <laughs> love learning about this place. I loved the movie. I loved everything that was done. Um, all the research that goes behind it. The documentary that was done about it. And we will be talking about the history and going into the hauntings of the real conjuring house that was in Rhode Island. Um, this was back in the almost up the 1700s. What? Back in the 70s when the parents <laughs> lived there. When they lived there. Um, yes. But I am, we are looking very forward to talking about this place because we've talked about the movies and we've touched on it a little bit, but not actually done a deep dive in the history. And us being history buffs on things like this and loving um, the whole story itself, we're very excited to talk about it. But before we get into the spookiness, it were from our small sir. Calm your body down. All right, guys, so I will be posting shortly the dates of, or the date rather, for the Work Plus shop, the local market that I will be involved in this summer. If you are in the Cincinnati area and you are interested in buying directly, visiting the table, um, it is going to be on July 16th. So mark your calendars because that is coming up faster than we know. <laughs> so literally two months. Um, yeah. Literally two months. It, it will be here. Um, and then next week, um, actually, that might actually, I take that back. It is going to be this weekend. I will have them done this weekend. Um, we will, I, there will be the brand new bath bomb that's going to be featured for this month is going to be a sage mint combo. Y'all, I can't wait for this. So excited. Um, those two smells are pretty much perfect. Um, mint, I've done. The sage mint combo, I thought, okay, can't get much better than that. Perfect for the summer. That'll also be a perfect one to have featured with the oatmeal, the roses, the lavender chamomile for the market this summer. So this weekend, check the Etsy shop for the new sage mint. Um, July 16th, mark your calendars for the workshop market. If you're in Cincinnati that that Saturday, please, please come and visit. I will also um, be there. Casper will be there helping there. out. So I can't um, wait. Etsy, TikTok, Instagram, calm your body down. Thanks again, guys. Calm your body down. Me. And guys, of course, don't forget that we have merch now. The sale ended, but of course, you know, we'll have another sale coming up here soon. Um, go buy our merch because if you remember, all of our proceeds will be going back into the podcast, hopefully to have a table at a convention, a horror convention at some point. So please go buy our merch and plus you're repping some pretty cool people, not to mention yeah. the artists that did the uh, designs are really cool and the designs are just really Guys, cool. we had some really amazing artists work on we really did stuff and it not only, you know, is supporting us, it's, I'm, I'm, I love, I, you know, that is such a talent that I do not possess. So I am always Same. envious of people that are able Same. to do any type of graphic art or drawing or anything like that. So please support us. Everything goes back into helping the podcast and helping further, you know, everything that we would like to do in the future. So thank you. And if you want to know where the link is, if this is your first time hearing about this, 
always or uh, in the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page, the link tree. Click on the link tree and go to podcast merch, and everything is right there. Yes. So, guys, talking about the Conjuring House, the real story that happened. I remember just real quick, kind of going over the movie a little bit. It came out in what twenty ten. Yes. It came out in 2010, and it had been a long time since I have been to the theater to see a horror movie. When this movie came out, I had already known about the Warrens. I did not know about this case in particular. I knew about Annabelle. Um, but when this movie came out, my friend was like, you have to go see it. You know, horror is back. I'm sorry. The first one was in 2013. I thought it was in 2012. I didn't realize it did come out I because I... Thought I had seen it in 2012, and then that it came. I, I saw know, it I again later in 2013. But yeah, 2013 was officially the first movie. Um, so going into this movie, you know, it's been a long time since we had seen a good horror movie besides Paranormal Activity, because Paranormal Activity had come out relatively in the same time frame. But like a genuinely good horror movie. So I went to see this movie, and by the Towards the end of the film, I was sitting in the fetal position with my hands over my face. Um, woke up at 3.06 the next morning, and of course, you know, I was freaking out. Couldn't go back to sleep until after 3.07. And of course, seeing the movie made me highly interested in looking up the actual story. Finding out so... Now, now, like back then, there wasn't as much out about it. But now there are interviews upon interviews with Andrea Perrin, which was the oldest kid of the family. Uh, the Warrens, there are interviews with the Warrens that talk about it. Um, you know, interviews with, with the movie. A lot of what happened in the movie, and I remember Andrea saying this, a lot of what happened in the movie was actually dulled down. They talked yeah. about how, in the movie, scared the shit out of me. So I'm Same. like, the fact that it was dulled down to what you actually experienced is is insane to me. And it makes me, you know, my heart goes out to them for what they had to experience. Um, a lot of what the movie did was true, but it was, like I said, it was dulled down. And there were, of course, some liberties that they took because it's a movie. Everything's not going to be exact. Um, but the real story yeah. behind all of this, actually, real quick, too, one of the things that they did take some, one of the biggest things that they took a lot of liberty in in the movie is um, there's that scene where you see um, uh, the see Ed and Lorraine going over the history of the house and the history yeah. of the property and yep. pertaining to these the specific spirits that are that are. Uh, terrorizing the family, terrorizing that home. Um, and Bathsheba is the one that's brought up the most prominently. When, in fact, um, so this is an article, um, allthatsinteresting.com. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar. I've, I've, I've been very familiar with this website for a long time. Uh, brings up the fact of the records of the real Bathsheba Sherman. Now, in the movie... Uh, you know, there's the scene where Lorraine describes her as a woman that killed her child and then hung herself and uh, sacrificed, sacrificed her soul to to Satan and, and whatnot and hung herself from the tree. So uh, while some have claimed that they had three children, there were no census records that any children existed. 
Some remain convinced, however, that none of the siblings live past seven. Ultimately, Bathsheba Sherman's story remains largely unsourced, while records did confirm that her husband, Judson Sherman, died in 1881. So with Bathsheba Sherman's tombstone in downtown Harrisville revealing her date of death was May 25th, 1885, the alleged suicide in 1849 where she hung herself was apparently a complete and total fabrication. Um, Andrea Perrin has always been convinced that it was not Bathsheba that terrorized them as a child, but the neighboring Arnold estate, which was on the same property as the home that they lived on, the matriarch of that family hanged herself in the barn in 1797. Now, I don't know when the, I think this was produced in Britain. I don't know when it's going to air over here. I haven't found anything, but apparently there was a recent documentary as of last year that the parents were involved in called Bathsheba Search for Evil. And it is the true story of the Perrin family. So this is, this is a very, very recent documentary that they were, I, I've been seeing a lot of it on Instagram and I had to do some digging um, that's really strange because I haven't been able I haven't been able to first. find yeah I, I I think they were the producers because I haven't found anywhere that it's streaming here yet that's so odd because this article is dated 2021 and everything yeah. I found is it just it just came out last year so or is coming out this year rather so and I haven't seen where it's streaming anywhere around here um but yeah, they go more into the true story of who Bathsheba actually was and um, this other woman in the neighboring farmhouse that actually did kill herself and her story and why that is the actual person that was haunting the children. Because, you know, I always thought it was interesting that the family that moved in after the parents that said they had no activity whatsoever I feel like a lot of that was attributed to the fact that they didn't have children. I think that there was something very significant, or at least that was always, I, I there was never anything mentioned that the, that the people that lived there later had kids. I never heard anything about that, but I think it's pretty telling when, if it's just a couple and then they say they've had no activity versus children that have been affected in an area. I think that's saying something. I think it has a lot. I think it really does. Not saying that couples don't get terror, you know, that they wouldn't get attacked or have anything happen. But I just think in certain situations, especially if it's something geared towards a mother or in something like that instance, that these spirits, especially demons, are going to automatically attach themselves to a child and start attacking a child or and i i use the term spirits very loosely just know that i have always been of the impression that spirits can touch you as a way to communicate but anything that ever physically harms you is demonic there can be demonic spirits but i've never believed that just a regular ghost can harm you in any way that is always demonic energy I think that you're right on that aspect of the thing. I, I feel like for this spirit, because I do think there are spirits on that land. There um, are definitely spirits. But I on think that the land. most prominent one is a demon. Yeah. Um, but 
the whole kids thing, I, I think that's actually very true. And I also think that because the couple that owned it recently, I don't think they had kids. They do have kids. The ones they that do have now, kids. Yeah, they have a son and a daughter. I was going to say, either they don't have kids or I feel like a lot of times demons will go after empaths. Because they know that you know that they're there. So they, they tend to do that. If it's a couple that's just oh, your time. old regular... Like just a couple that they're not empaths. They don't have kids. They're just kind of like, you know, whatever. They're not going to believe that we are here. So whatever. Um, so I do, I do agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do agree with that. Um... As far as actually harming people, I think malevolent spirits can do it. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily have to be demonic, but they have to be angry. Just a whole what, and usually what builds up spirits like that is either whatever happened to them in their actual life that's made them so angry, uh. Or just like just your run of the mill, just piece of shit human being spirit. I they're feel like terrible people. Yeah. In your life. So now, do I think that they like can death. physically hurt you? I, not necessarily. I think they can pack a punch, but I don't think they're gonna hurt you like a demon can, especially when it comes to scratches. And actually, I think they can push you. I think they can, you know kind of like maybe hit you to a point where it might, you might feel a pain, but you're not going to get attacked like you would with a demon, yeah. especially when it comes to scratching. I, I can say that I genuinely would never think that a malevolent spirit would ever scratch. No, that's I've always demonic to either. me. If there are scratches, something is demonic. Three squat, three scratches, <laughs> di squatches. Three, three squatches. <laughs> three squatches. Can you imagine three? No, that would be Awful. That's so many squatches. That would be interesting. I would be terrified. Is it a Bigfoot though. orgy? Is it a threesome? Oh, what is happening? No. Okay, now that that made it terrifying. That is terrifying. I'm so sorry. I know you are so sorry. It's like right when you were taking your joint. There's a Bigfoot uh, threesome going on. Oh anyway, God, that's but yeah. terrifying. Um, three scratches. Three, three for sure. Three of anything. Demonic. Three. Yeah, definitely. Um, the current family that owns it, they are, I'm trying to find their information. Doing a creep. <laughs> I know, right? Doing a creep. Actually, if you guys didn't know this too, uh, when they worked on the set of The Conjuring, the movie, uh, there was a lot of weird things that went around, uh, went on. They actually had a priest bless the set. Um, I know Lorraine was involved a lot with doing a lot of blessings with it because these demons don't want people to know that they're real. So they don't want this movie to be made, obviously. Um, I know Vera had spoken up about things. A lot of things happened to her. She said she opened her laptop lid up and there were three scratches on her mm -hmm. laptop screen. That scared her. Would have scared the shit out of me. I tell you that much. But, um... They did have a lot of weird things going on. And, you know, when you... I'm very glad that James Wan was very respectful of things like that. He made sure a priest was there. He, he you know, made sure everything was okay by Lorraine. And uh, Lorraine did a lot of blessings herself. 
And even though they were quote unquote under attack, it still happened and it still got made. So that was very interesting to me to hear, especially Vera talk about the attacks and the things, not necessarily attacks, but the things that happened on set to basically scare them, probably to scare them off set really. Now the home, the actual home and the home that was used in the movie are, are vastly different. Oh yeah. Um, and I understand why for the effect of the movie, but um, the home itself is located in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Um, it was built circa 1736. Um, and the family, I apologize if you guys hear a dog barking. We have to have the window open because it was ungodly hot today. Um, it only got up to 90. Only, yeah. So it was 100 degrees in my fucking car. Like, Please, no. <laughs> You're like, I was actually um, passing away. The family that owns it now are the, um, I believe it's pronounced the Heinzens. Um, Isn't Corey, it up for sale right now, too? Or am I wrong? I don't. I don't know. That was really hard to find any recent articles about it. Right now, the Heinzens do own it. They have tours and overnights booked for the entire year. They I'm are booked surprised. up for the entire year. So um, they're still considered the owners. I don't know about... I don't know. I, I kind of figured that might have been a rumor. I couldn't to be find honest. anything. Re any articles that I said about it being for going for sale seemed like they were two years old, and that would yeah. have been around the time that they've owned it. So I don't even know. I I have I can't I can't answer that. But um, Corey and his wife Jennifer have always been interested in the paranormal. Corey actually had done many paranormal investigations for the past ten years. Um, they have two children, Madison and Kyler. Kyler actually gets more involved with a lot of the, um, ghost investigations and the history of the home. Their daughter, uh, Madison isn't as involved because, um, she's in college, so she's usually away. But both of the kids are, um, it, because I think I'd even seen on the Ghost Adventures episode where at first it really bothered the kids, especially Kyler, they couldn't live in the home when they first moved there, but now they've become more involved because they don't, they don't actually live there now. Like they own the home, but they don't physically live there. It's kind of more rented out like an Airbnb. And then of course they have overnight stays and then the investigations, tours, whatnot. They, they are still actively involved with the tours. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just interesting that they pretty much reported as soon as they moved in, they started having uh, stuff Stuff happen immediately. Doors opening and closing, things falling off the bookshelves. I mean, there was it was almost instantaneous that things started to happen in the home. And they um, pretty much renovated it from it's from what it would have originally looked like back in the 1700s because even at the time that the parents lived there in the 1970s the home looked different it had siding on it it was it had like white siding on it so the wood it was originally just a wood it was a wooden log cabin basically that it's been restored to now by the time they lived there there was siding on it so it would have just looked like a regular neighborhood home but like way out on this farm basically in the middle of nowhere rhode island um no joke yeah i mean it really the people that owned it afterwards you know they said that it really wasn't until the movie that came they actually 
even tried to yet unsuccessfully sue James Wan and the production company because and this this just sucks but I mean unfortunately these things happen people had no people of course found out where the real house was they would trespass they would damage the home they would do satanic rituals there on the land they would dig up the dirt they would try to chip away at the wood they i mean like so much damage they had to start installing cameras all over the property People like fucking suck, none man. of none they said we literally had zero zilch no problems nobody had because you have to you can't even see this house from the road you really can't it's you have to drive down. You have to you have to turn off and drive down a long gravel driveway to even find this house. So this was literally like nobody knew where they were. Nobody knew anything about this house. And you know, to the credit of James Wan, at least they shot it somewhere else. So the house and the the house and the movie looks nothing like what this house looks like. No. But of course, you know, internet, it's not going to take long for people to go, okay, where's the real house at? And then we're going to find it. And yeah, um, Reddit's a thing. I feel bad that the people had to, I mean, I, of course that lawsuit didn't go anywhere. You wouldn't expect it to go anywhere. But I mean, I get it. I'd be, listen, I would be pissed too if I lived in, in peace and quiet and then all of a sudden this movie comes out and the movie benefits me in no way. It actually makes my life worse. Imagine though also realizing what actually happened at your house. Like they're moving in. They clearly and they apparently claim, had they claim no they idea. Had no, and they claim they have they've had no activity at all. And then be like, I'm sorry, what happened in our house? The fuck? Because we haven't had anything happen. And I, you know what? I I can I firmly believe that. I really do think that there are some people that can live in these places and nothing happens. Or really, to be honest, I bet what probably happened is they brought somebody in to cleanse it. And then that's why nothing, I'm telling, because I'm telling you, that is what happened to the damn Amityville house. Yep. There is no way somebody moved in there and was like, yeah, nothing happened to us. Nope. You did a cleansing and obviously kept that hush hush, which I don't blame you. Not everybody needs to know your business, but they did a cleansing. Somebody came in and did a major, major cleansing. And then they completely renovated and gutted that house. And, and then the movie came out and yeah. the people were coming around and doing stupid shit. You started all up. That's exactly what happened. Everybody just stirred it up. I and think that's more of what happened. And getting back to the Conjuring House, I think not only with the Heinzens buying it and restoring it, yes, that's going to cause an uptick. But I really, really think it's once the popularity of the movie came out and people started finding where the house was. That's what I'm talking it was about. Like that's the property what had up. Some, it was like the property had something to feed off. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And when you hear people are coming out there doing satanic rituals, what the fuck? It's just like Listen, people... half the time, too, when these people saying they're doing satanic rituals, you're not even doing actual rituals, which you first of all, you don't even know what you're doing. And I feel like that's even more dangerous because now you don't know. You don't know what the fuck you're conjuring. Up. And it makes me so angry when I watch videos, actual videos like on Nukes Top 5, for instance, where people are like, I'm going to do a seance to try to contact what's in my house. If you don't know what you're doing, do not do that. Whether you have a fucking Ouija board or not. Because now you've just opened the door to everything. Because now if you do a seance, you are literally opening the door for that thing, whatever it is, to communicate with you. And now you're fucked. And everything else on top of it. 
I've always hated that. I have I always hate that. Hated, Stop doing seances if you don't know what you're seances, doing. Seances, these rituals, all this stuff. You, well, I googled it and printed it out. Let me okay. read. Okay, uh, what is that Necronomicon? People you're just that, gonna fucking read the Necronomicon. People that fuck with sigils. Let's stop with that. Mm -mm. Let's mm -mm. stop with that. Please stop doing that. Oh my god. Stop fucking with sigils when you literally don't know what you're doing. Oh my god. Anyway. Anyway. That just made me want to go on a rant. What made me mad was because I was watching Nukes Top 5 the other day and this guy literally was talking about how this thing has followed him no matter where he goes. Once he moves in somewhere within two to three months he starts getting activity. And I was like, okay, Katie Featherston. Um, it's clearly a fucking demon. <clears throat> Demons follow you. So at one point he gets fed up and he's like, let's have a seance. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I was telling my girlfriend, I'm like, if you do, and I know she would never do this anyway. I was just ranting about the situation, but I was like, if you do not know what you're doing, even if you fucking know what you're doing, don't fuck with that shit. Don't do a seance. Don't have a Ouija board. Don't do a fucking ritual. Whatever the fuck ritual you're doing. Necronomicon don't ritual. Don't put curses on people when you don't know what you're doing. There is a rule about that. That curse will come right back on your way. Times three. But yes, anyway. <laughs> but anyway. Don't just Google how to do something and then be like, okay, well the first one. Oh my okay. god. Just literally, if you don't. Literally, with anything. If you don't know what you're doing, just don't do it. Just don't. There you go. That's simple. If you really want to, I saw someone on Facebook be like, I want to get a Ouija board to contact my mom. Everybody in the comments, honestly, great advice. And I was really happy that they did this. They were like, do not get a Ouija board because it will not be your mother. It will be something pretending to be your mother. If you truly want to contact your mother, look for signs because she will be giving you signs. Yeah. And if you want to genuinely talk to her, find someone you trust, a medium that you would trust and people were listing off actually trusted mediums and i'm like that is what you do go to help go to someone who knows Contact what they're doing a trusted medium if you want to communicate with anyone that's yeah. passed over you don't try to do that yourself and ever. make sure they're a trusted medium too Period. Very, very easy to do your research on stuff like very that. Very easy. Don't just Google Super something and easy. click the top answer and that be it. Don't do that. Yeah. Anyway, that was a nice rant. <laughs> Solid <laughs> advice for a lot of people out there. Um, Going into some history of the house itself, there was, um, real quick, because we did happen to mention... Um, last week and on the Instagram, this amazing documentary called Sleepless Unrest on Tubi, where there are uh, a pair of paranormal investigators along with the Heinzens. They get to meet the Heinzens. They investigate for a few nights at the house. And um, they stayed two weeks? Or was it just one? I think it was just one week. Was it just one? And their experiences were not only insane, they also went over, because the Heinzens were there, a lot of history about the house. And one thing that I didn't actually know till I watched it was that um, one of the most crucial battles in the King Philip's war was fought right on that property where the house is. Cause that, that property dates all the way back to the 1600s. You guys, this, this is the new colonies guys, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, the, the, you know, this is like the new world. This is the new part of the country. Um, the King Philip, just to give a little bit of background with exactly what the King Philip's war was, 
This was an armed conflict between 1675 and 1678 between ind the indigenous inhabitants of New England and New England colonists that were basically trying to take over the land. So basically um, white men versus indige indigenous people, which is really funny because that's, much. that's exactly what we're doing today. So the war itself was actually named for Medicom, who was the Wampanoag chief who adopted the name Philip because of the friendly relationship relationships between his father and the original Mayflower pilgrims. The war continued in the most northern reaches of New England until the siding, signing of the Treaty of Casco Bay on April 12, 1678. So the Great Swamp Fight, or the Great Swamp Massacre, which was the most crucial battle fought during the King Philip's War, was a militia, a colonial militia of New England and the Narragansett people in December of 1675. It was fought... Um, like I said, this is, Rhode Island was a new colony, Providence Plantations, it was right there on that land. Um, they said that this battle was described as one of the most brutal and lopsided military encounters in all of New England's history. This was like the bloodiest battle ever fought on U.S. soil at that time. Um, and a lot, a lot of people, I mean, indigenous and otherwise that just were completely massacred so this reminded me a lot of going back into the history that we talked about when we did our bobby mackey episode and how that land in kentucky by the licking river there was there was a major now that one i don't remember what it was called but there was a major indian battle there and indigenous battle there a lot of white people died. A lot of indigenous people died. So you've got that blood deep in the soil. <laughs> then you build a slaughterhouse over it. Then you have a murder there. Then you put a gangster bar there. <laughs> then you have more murders there. Then you put this music bar there. I mean, it's like stirring have, a pot full it of It literally bad. is. And that's what made me think about this. So it's like before that house was even built since the 1600s, there has been blood that has stained that is deep within the dirt and roots of that land. And that stays forever, in my opinion. I don't oh, yeah. think that ever leaves. When, no. you have, when you have an incident like that, that is so traumatic, that lives in the earth and that stays there and it just festers there. Um, and that was a big, Corey Heinzen mentioned that, that, that he believed, and I think his wife did too, that they believed that's why that whole area is as active as it is because it started with that, with that, and battle. because uh, to be honest with you, I did not realize how much activity outside I they had would no get. idea, the much less the inside, the, the cemetery, house. the 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 part that we talked about this that was really insane was the incredibly intelligent spirit that that guy got on the spirit box that led him directly to that old that, uh, that, that foundation on the property of that other house that used to be me there. Up. It told him direction by direction by direction exactly. He would he would stop and say, where do I go, left, left, right, or straight? And it would say, left, one of them. I mean, just as clear and as intelligent. And I mean, I've watched a lot of shows with a lot of investigations that have used a spirit box, and it is rare that it ever comes out that clear and that concise and that intelligent. And this one did right on the spot and let him right there. 
And it was, he right did, there. he literally looked up and he's like, holy shit. You saw it. I mean, I'm just here. as plain as day. You saw where the found the stones, you saw where the foundation of a home was. Um, so the land itself, getting into more of the history of the home, and one of the best articles we found is actually right on the Heinzen's website for the house itself. Um, they call it the farm on Round Top Road. That's the road that the house is on. Um, so this is giving, this is going all the way back to when the house was actually built, the land, and so forth, prior to the parents living there. It was deeded in 1680 and was actually surveyed by, yes, that John Smith. That one John the, Smith. One of the original Virginia colonists. It was part of property dispersed among followers of Roger Williams, who founded the colony of Rhode Island. And few people outside the region know that Rhode Island is the smallest state with the largest name, officially dubbed the state of Rhode Island and Providence Plantations. <laughs> In 1636. So that is the smallest state for so long had that whole ass name. Didn't it take us 30 minutes? So it wasn't just Rhode Island. Island. It did. I think we blinked and I was like, are we already there? Was it Rhode Island or Connecticut? I think it might have been Connecticut. It might have been Connecticut. Okay. It might have been Connecticut. Both. Because they. It took an hour to drive through both. Literally. It really does. (laughs) It's It's insane. So it was not the Arnold estate, but was instead deeded to the Richardson family who followed Roger Williams after he was expelled from the Massachusetts Bay Colony as a descendant, dissident, I'm sorry, because he dared to suggest that there should be both freedom. Oh my goodness. Now this is going to cause controversy even today. So how dare this man say this back in the 1600s? They'll hang you for saying it now. Um, Especially if you're a woman. Dared. Dared. To say that both freedom of religious worship and a separation between church and state. No, sir. That is not acceptable. Which also, Um, I would just like to point out right now that separation of church and state is not being actually, you know, what is the word? Observed. Tax the churches. Just me. Um, anywho. (laughs) Anyhow. The two primary principles he espoused in the founding of the new colony to the south located on the Narragansett Bay. The best way to preserve the land, he claimed, was to deed large parcels to those who chose to follow him and his teachings. He did so to protect it from a rather overt encroachment from Connecticut and Massachusetts as there were relatively numerous border skirmishes ongoing at that time. The original estate was quite extensive, encompassing more than a thousand acres subsequently sold off in parcels to families in the area, some of whom are still there hundreds of years later. Because women had no rights to property at the time, their estate transferred through marriage from the first colonists, the Richardsons, to the Arnold family. As Quakers, they were likewise the abolitionists who used the property as a gateway to freedom for slaves along their path to Canada. The house as it now stands was completed in 1736 40 years before the signing of the Declaration of Independence, and it endured the ravages of relentless storms, which included the hurricane of 1938, which just, which destroyed so many homes and barns in southern New England. The barn on the property survived because it was built by a shipwright, and it was constructed with bowed seams that lightly... Beams. Is it beams? Oh, beams. But is it bowed or bowed? Probably bowed. I think it's bowed. Bowed beams. Okay. Because if, if you think it was a ship builder, so yeah. you're thinking of a ship. Yeah. Um, that literally sway with the wind. Which is actually really cool. When you, when that you think about it. That is amazing when really you think cool. about the design. Because that, that would be the same way that a ship would sway. So it would make sense to design the barn. That, that is you are a smart cool. motherfucker. Look that at you. pretty awesome. 
Should probably build more homes. You go, Glenn. <laughs> Sorry. You glow. You glow. I mean, he did. <laughs> you truly glowed. That barn survived because of you, Glen Coco. <laughs> the Magnificent Homestead has survived the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, and the unbridled growth of the Industrial Age in America. It is a national treasure. That's haunted. I mean, if this place wasn't so evil, just the history alone, I would want to fucking. I'm if not there into, wasn't, guys, I am into all, Revolutionary listen, War, Civil War shit. Listen. Oh. I'm, I'm if there wasn't the skinwalkers like in the fucking forest, Thank and if you. there wasn't exactly. a demon in the fucking house, I'd be there. Say it again. Yep, I'd be there. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, the house is a testament to the need to preserve history. Eight generations of one extended family had lived and died in it, and apparently some of them never left or visited with some frequency, obviously. Mm-hmm. Because the historical chronicles of the time were dispersed or what was recorded was not salvaged it is impossible to know the full extent of its past but one thing is known the house speaks to those who know how to listen history has a story to tell we will never know all of it some of which has been lost to the annuals of time but one thing is certain there are a few places like it which remain intact on the planet and it should be protected and defended at all costs thankfully the farm is in good hands owned by responsible individuals who understand its intrinsic value people willing to share it with the world you know, one thing is, too, is just like Ed Warren says, sometimes it's best to keep the genie in the bottle. If they destroy that house, everything that's in it's going to just disperse. And not to mention, like, when you watch that documentary. And historically, I really wouldn't. Oh, God, no. To, oh, my God. God, I, no. I mean, I, I stand, both of us stand by if there 100%. wasn't so much evil. Immediately, all that history. Because, like, those places that we've been in, like, literally standing in the Borden house and being like... Oh, that was insane. And it looking the same, kind of like they've done with this house. Yeah. Your your brain is, like, trying to comprehend that you're standing in something that old. Like... Like, yes, this super famous thing happened, but there is so... I'm, I'm in a place, in a home, in an area where... This is so old. And especially if you, you know, the farther west you go, it's, we're, we're relatively younger states. Right. You know, Ohio, you don't get much older than stuff 18, 1800s around here, which is still old. old. But there are 1600s? houses. Yeah. You know, you're talking about stuff that predates before the Declaration of Independence, before this was an actual Colin, well, no, for white people. For this was an actual colony. I had to preface that because y'all, there was slaves when they signed that. They were like, "Who, who's free? We ain't free." I'm sorry, I just always have to. Preface you ain't that. wrong. Because I'm like, what? Like, excuse me. You was like, why but, I'm just like, Skip, what? What? Um, that, but that's insane. Like that, if if you really think in the context of history. That is insane to be standing somewhere where it's that we, old. We saw houses with plaques on them in, in Salem that said oh, that 16 was, shit. I'm yeah. like, what the that fuck? That blew my mind because we'll never see that. We'll never no. see that here. Not to mention how excited we got when we were at that Fall River Cemetery. That we cemetery saw was insane. That was insane. Both of those cemeteries, the one in Salem and yes. the one in Fall River, were absolutely insane. Because that one in Salem is the oldest cemetery in America. There, wa- there was a uh, colonist from the Mayflower buried there. Yeah, like that blew my fucking mind. I was like, oh my god! Not to, and then when we were That's at sixteen forties, like God, what the damn. fuck? 20, 1620? 1620. 1620s. It was sixteen twenties. So yeah. like, 
And then the, when we were at the Fall River one, when we were standing over by the Borden's um, graves, you saw it. Because you the, where the road was actually paved, she was like, holy shit. And I said, what? And she goes, there's cobblestone right here. They just paved And they paved right, right over the, the cobblestone. They never dug it up. They just paved. Right I have right chills talking about it right now because I love it. And then I started listening to what it sounded like because with the horses on the cobblestone mm-hmm. and the wagons and like I love all that The damn roads are so narrow. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody like, we did not. We did not anticipate that this would, horse-drawn carriages would not be a thing anymore. So right. Just didn't even bother. Um, but yeah, that just, that, that type of history is, is insane. I love that shit. Especially in our country. I mean, I know we have people from other countries that listen to us, but our country is still so young. If you think in the relative scheme of other countries, we have a really, really young, Aren't we only 400 years old? Yeah, that's it. 400 years old, isn't that it? Or is it even that? Well, 1776, if you, if you count when... The Declaration of Independence was signed. Oh my god, 400. I'm yeah, fucking we're, stupid. We're 246. Not, yeah, not even 250 years old. We See, are literal children. We are the baby. And probably it makes why, sense. Probably why we're... Because we're the problem child. Because <laughs> we are the redheaded stepchild. stepchild. We're the... All other countries are going... Literal. Oh, shit. We are we the go literal problem child. You know oh, that TikTok thing? Yes. All the other countries literally look at us and they're like, oh, shit. Here we Here go we again. again. <laughs> So this is actually, this is where we're going to start going more into the parents' account. Um, what you, the, the family that was portrayed in the Conjuring movie. Um, this is from Andrea. Our family lived among the dead for a decade. The farm known to us as the old Arnold estate was where we all came to understand that we are not alone. And there is something beyond our mortal existence, though none of us can tell you precisely what is or where we go after death. There are no experts in the field of the paranormal research and anybody who claims otherwise is being disingenuous, lying to themselves as well as others. If we do not know, no one else does. The mystery of life, death, and the afterlife afterlife, is something we might not ever comprehend fully in this realm, but it is the fascination, the curiosity about it that keeps us guessing and searching for answers to our most esoteric questions about human existence. Oh, no, it's you. Oh. Because I read paragraph. I love you. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We got super fucking distracted by something that we will talk totally about fine. at the end. Yep, we'll we talk will, about it we at the end. We will share the good news. That's why we had to pause in momento. Uh, yeah, I had to pause it because I was tagged in something. And then I was like, fucking God. And then we will hold on to your assholes. We will share it at the end That's of this. great news. So in June of 1970, my mother discovered the farm quite by accident, though, as we looked back in retrospect, it seems to bear out the theory that our family was called to that place in the country. Harrisville, Rhode Island was a village that appeared familiar to me, yet my mother said we had not been there, not been there, good lord, not been there prior to the day we drove up to see it together. Pardon me, a few days after she had called the realtor, then gone for a private viewing. That is when she met the owner of the property, Earl Kenyon. He was an elderly gentleman who captured our hearts with his kindness and genuous spirit. Genuous. Generous. My parents bought the place in December of 1970, and we lived there until June of 1980. Having graduated from, I almost said Burkittsville, 
from listen why was i looking at that like that doesn't say burkittsville that doesn't say burkittsville stop it it, that's not what it says. It's Burraville yes. High School in high school. Just prefacing. In 1976, I left the home I loved attending Catham College in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Is it Catham or Chatham? It, it might be Chatham. It might be Chatham. Either one. Uh, graduating in June of 1980 with a... Interdisciplinary. Okay, thank you. That word. I was like, endoscopy. What? I knew that was fucking wrong. Um, a degree in philosophy and English. It was during a hectic senior year that my mother finally informed me that the sale of the farm was pending. I'd been utterly devastated, heartbroken by the news in spite of the trials. It was quote unquote home and I loved it. Returning to Rhode Island after my graduation, we were there only a few weeks before relocating to Georgia long enough to pack up and say goodbye. It was over. Though we abandoned our place in the country, it never left us. The memory is poignant and poignant. Poignant, poignant, and powerful. Poignant. Yeah. poignant. Thank you. I was I'll, like, I'll read the next two if you want to read the last fine. two because they're pretty. There's short, pretty small. Uh, Georgia did not suit me, so I returned to Rhode Island after seven years, trying to find my way in the world, longing to be back at the farm. Though I visited the Round Top Road area frequently, it was always bittersweet, a treasure lost to me. Driving by hardly sufficed, but it was all I had left of the only place that ever felt like home. In 2007, I began writing the manuscript, which later evolved into the trilogy, House of Darkness, House of Light. I have not read these guys. I highly recommend that you do. Um, the I first one's really hard to find, and if you do find it, it's really expensive. For some reason, the second and third one aren't. Oh. But the first one is. Okay. I don't understand why. I just, I feel like with it being directly from them mm -hmm. like yes there was a lot of their story told in the movie but this is this is directly from them namely andrea um she uh it says i again relocated to georgia to be with my family while embarking upon such a major project involving all of them as well this task has proved to be quite an excursion in its own right spawning several nightmares while we exhumed our memories of the dead Often painful, it has also been a healing process as each of us revisited a past impacting our present, clearly mapping the future of our family. There was no escaping unscathed, though we thought we had a, though we thought we had successfully done so at the time. This is a memoir whose time has come. Many have spoken and written about fragments of our story. Now is the time to tell the truth about what happened to the farmhouse alive with death. I, lo I love that. Mm -hmm. Alive with death. That's so true. We spent a very illuminating decade living among the spirits. It is a tale worth telling because it is true. We were finally prepared to disclose our secrets, and more than 30 years hence, the world is finally ready to receive the message contained within our experience. It is nothing less than a revelation. <clears throat> I've spent my life since engaging in a variety of endeavors. Georgia didn't suit me. After seven years, I went back home to Rhode Island. Though I've always been a writer, I've likewise explored my other creative abilities. As a professional singer, songwriter, musician, and actor, my lifetime has been full of adventures and interesting characters. For more than 20 years, I was a devoted cast member with the Theater Company of Rhode Island, performing on the stage of the Assembly Theater, the historical centerpiece of Harrisville. For the final years I lived in Rhode Island, I was employed as a youth counselor at Harmony Hill School in Chepeche? Yeah. Or Chepeche? Um, and lived in the village of Harmony in a quaint little college on Waterman Lake, also known as Paradise on a Pond. Listen, 
I can understand, I can actually even understand where you're coming from Ugh. with Rhode Island just being a beautiful, beautiful oh, place. Listen. Oh, Especially as Georgia, come Ugh. on. Compared to Georgia? Anywhere in the, as much as the New England states are like, Ugh, because, you know, colonies, they are beautiful. I did not realize. Those I, winters, I can't. No. But let me tell you something right now. To live in a little town in Rhode Island by a by a lake. I mean, ma'am, listen, you, this I, is like my, this is me and my husband's right? dream. Only. In the woods, like, in the cabin. Just going to Massachusetts and being in Salem and how just, the, the it, it's just, it's a whole different world I mean, to some, me. listen, spring, summer, fall home, all day long. Oh, uh, Them oh. winters, I'm out though. Yeah. But this, <laughs> I'm an Airbnb it out in the winter. I'm gonna have to go. Um, I'm a god. I Y'all get go. some snow that fucked me up. I had to, I'm like, okay, listen, my bones and, and everything within me. No, can't do it. Um, god bless you though, but I can't. Right, absolutely not. I'm a, I hate the winters here. I'm not going oh, to Oh, 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 listen, yeah, no, I can't. Mm-mm. I can't. Mm-mm. No, won't be doing that. So as it turns out, you can go home again. Thanks to Corey and Jennifer Hines and I have been afforded to access the place access the place that will always be home in my heart. And then in the in the article they show a lot of pictures of the people that own it. Yeah, there's amazing um, pictures. There's a picture that there's the picture that we see at the end of the movie where it's the parent children and uh the mother Carolyn. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a picture of Carolyn in the basement. There is a picture of Carolyn in the home with Ed and Lorraine. Um, there are a picture of the copies of Andrea's books. Um, there's a picture of, uh, all of them. Oh, I love this one. This is the one from, um, Kindred Spirits. Yeah. That was, because I recognize, that episode, I recognize him. That episode is amazing. I haven't it's seen chip, it. I need it's to chip see it. coffee. Chip, chip, chip yeah. coffee. Uh, yeah. That, oh my God, that Kindred Spirits episode. I need to watch that. It made me cry. I actually. I have never been emotional about watching anything about them. Ex- I mean, obviously the movie. But that was the first time that I ever saw, because remember, um, you know, Ghost Adventures brought the family, they, you know, interviewed Andrea, so they have been involved with other paranormal shows, but Kindred Spirits, because it had the whole family, it had the the girls, their father, their mother, it's, and then there's this beautiful photo of them all together hugging each other with their dad, and I'm, I'm telling you at the heart, really what that says to me is even with all the evil, I, I love how this story sort of ended with that, because even with all of the evil that surrounded that house and with all of the experiences, and that was really made, was the hard hit point in the movie that I appreciated so much too, was that it really all came back to family and how much the parents, how much they all really, really loved each other. They loved each other. These kids loved each, they loved their parents. Their parents loved each other. The parents loved the kids. It was really through the power of the love that they have for each other that kept them together all the years. And I think that really kept them sane with all that they had to live with and all the years that they lived in that home. It never pulled them apart as a family. The more and more that the love that they had for each other kept them together, that's what kept them that's what sustained them in that home. Because I think that t- that energy will kill you. Oh, It'll God. kill you. It will completely decimate. It will it will completely decimate the entire family dynamic. But they pulled it together. They stayed together. They made it work. I mean, that that's really what did it at the heart of all of it. Um, 
Now to go through like what, and actually I think Andrea might have touched on this at one point in in the Ghost Adventures episode, if I'm not mistaken. Um, when people stay there for more than one night, it's a Blair Witch type of situation where they get, don't they get like disoriented and like yes. time is weird. They're like time jumps. The time distortion is really screwed up in that place. You mm -hmm. lose spaces of time. You lose parts of time. Yeah. And I think those people... I don't remember it happening to them when they stayed. Um, on that sleepless unrest. I don't remember them saying anything that... about time. Mm -mm. But just... Um, I mean, they got... They got a lot of really intelligent responses, though. I mean, yeah, it they was did. pretty crazy. Dude, the outside shit alone freaked me the hell out. Like, the actual stuff that they got outside. The knocking. The intelligent knocking. On top of the whistling and that chanting that they got. And a friend of mine, if you guys remember our Deer Woman episode. Visually, they got a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys remember that Deer Woman episode, um, my friend, who's actually Native American, um, I sent her a cl that clip while they're outside. And I said, what is this sound? And she immediately texted me back and she was like, that's a fucking skinwalker. Because she's like, we were told when we were kids if you heard whistling in the woods at night to go inside because that's a skinwalker. And I was like, it doesn't fucking surprise me there's a skinwalker on this fucking property. Like, just add, add, add something else. Anything else on this. And I almost wonder if it's, um... If that further could have been something that was conjured there. Right. For lack of just a better... Because of for the... lack of a better word. But I mean, you even using that title... The Conjuring mm -hmm. is so interesting in the context of the story with of the story of the, the property itself. If you go all the way back to the King Philip's battle, to the Great Swamp battle happening right here, one of the bloodiest battles in this war happening right there on that land. That right there, you're you're stirring the pot, you're conjuring it up. You're mm -hmm. already you've already got the land is already alive with the dead. You've already got that. I just, I love that expression because that is so true how the dead can make a place feel so lively because they're trying, they're pulling so hard to communicate. Um, and that was, now that was one thing that was factual in the movie to place this area. This is over 400 acres. So it's not just that house. You're talking about where the acreage was, was split, other properties. That is so vast. That's huge. So you're talking about the, that whole sec, everything there has been touched by something happening. So literally, I mean, I, I, I love that. Thinking, you know, when you really think in the context of the title of the movie and sort of what spawned the franchise from there, but when, but when you conjure something, to conjure something, to bring something up, to stir something up, to bring something out, that's exactly what happened in this home. What happened on this land? Everything. Mm -hmm. So you take into account the battle there, the... Um, God, if anybody, please, if anybody can can 
get get back to us on on where there's any information about that Bathsheba documentary. Yeah, if anybody knows anything about that, that would be fantastic. Um, Bathsheba Search for Evil. Um, I really, I, I, I even tried to look up the IMDb. I cannot find it. It's, I, I can't find anywhere here in the States that it's stream, streaming. And I would love to watch this. I would I mean, too. it really, it, it's the entire family. It focuses on the real history of the place. Um, yeah, I, I really think it's worth, I think if, if you can find it, it's worth watching. And if anybody knows where it would be streaming here, I, yeah, I would please love, let us know. Please let us know because I would love to watch it. And uh, anything that's got more of the information as far as um, anything as far as the information that came directly from the parents, it's or the parents rather is, uh, yeah, for sure. And I remember the um, the one thing that stood out to me, one of the bigger things that stood out to me when those people were there was the guy was literally just talking about the house and he thought he heard something and then the door slammed in front of him. And that was the very beginning of the of the inner um of the documentary and i was like well this is gonna go great like i honestly wish that they would do more documentaries in that style about more haunted places like that because it was done so well and it was so interesting and another thing that really stuck with me was that every single one of them something followed them home they all had experiences well, one of them took something. I don't remember what it was. One of them took something. It was a Raggedy Ann, wasn't it? Wasn't it a Raggedy Ann? Sure was. Oh, I don't like Raggedy Anns anymore. But Raggedy Anns have always creeped me the fuck out. They creeped me out. Raggedy they creeped Ann me out before I knew out. about Annabelle. I found out about Anna Annabelle at a very young age. Like I've, like I've shared with everybody, my mom introduced me to Ed and Lorraine were at a very young age because I found out about the Amityville story. So I found out about Annabelle at a very young age. So I even, <laughs> from that point on, me and Raggedy Ann dolls, nah, nah, nah. I'm good on that. Um, before we end, guys, I was actually able to find a really great article that was done very recently, just within the last year or so, that the Heinzens gave in regards to the parents, actually in regards to the previous owners of the home, the parents, and this new Bathsheba documentary that has come out. So they mentioned about the people that used to live on the property before. So apparently it was, okay, so this is Jessica, the, the wife speaking. She goes that before the movie came out, there were a lot of interviews done, but when the movie came out, everyone realized where the actual location was and there were a lot of trespassers. So the, the woman that was there, the people that owned it before, that when the movie came out, it, okay, so I was, I was this, really gives context to it now i know this for sure it was a couple in their 60s so it was an older couple in their 60s no kids 
and they had to deal with, they said that the trespassing was very chaotic. Um, they actually were awarded a settlement by Warner Brothers. I did not know that. I knew they sued Warner Brothers, but according to what the Heinzens were saying, they were, they were given a settlement. Um, she says here that I'm sure at that point, they just wanted everything to be over and done with. I really don't blame them, but you can't take back the things that are on the internet. Numerous people reach out to us after we first bought the home about our experiences. And we know that things did happen back then, but we don't blame her for not wanting to talk about it and what she went through. So, uh, he mentions that they still unfortunately get a lot of trespassers, even though they do have, you know, cameras and everything up. Um, and then this is when they go into information about the parents. Um, so they were asked, speaking of Andrea Perrin, tell me about your interactions with the family. Have any of the parents been back recently? And how did, how did the house respond to their presence? The last time that they were here was in August of 2019, and it was Andrea and her dad and her sisters. There was a lot of activity when they were here. They were actually coming back Halloween week, Halloween weekend. They were doing, we were doing a live stream and the whole family was going to be here except for Carolyn and Nancy. Carolyn said that she will never come back to the house, but they will FaceTime and we'll get to talk to them. It'll be our first time talking to Carolyn, who's a mom. We're pretty excited about it. I definitely feel like the house responds to their energy. I think the house really, really misses them. That's creepy as fuck. I don't like that. So, I don't like the way that was put. This next question, I these these next couple of things, this is actually really interesting to what Casper was speaking of in regards to skinwalkers that her friend had mentioned. Um, so they talk about Beth's, Bathsheba's search for evil, offering up a number of possible origins for the hauntings, and they ask the Heinzens, what do you believe is the source of the activity? They answer by saying that they still feel it's a mystery, we bought the house hoping and thinking it would provide us with answers. As we dive into possible situations, there's more questions that come up. We haven't found anything concrete. We do have a lot of theories about what it could be, but we don't think we've narrowed it down to anything. We have leaned towards the King Philip's War, the bloody con conflict in between 1765 to 1768 that I mentioned earlier. Because of what's going on, not only here, but at the neighbor's house, we feel like it's coming from the land but there's also been a huge influx of UFO activity. Ooh. Basically everything except cattle mutilations. Oh. And then they go on to mention really? why why does everyone think Lorraine was so quick to point to Bathsheba, the purported witch that was characterized in The Conjuring, when the facts of Bathsheba don't seem to support the legends? Um, they go on to mention that they weren't there You'd have to ask Lorraine. Unfortunately, that's not possible now. From everybody that I've talked to that knew her, she wasn't the kind of person to pull something out of nowhere. She had a reason for that. As paranormal investigators, there are two things that you have to look for, scientific and metaphysical methods. Scientific method relies on tangible evidence, which you can show. Metaphysical relies on your feelings and things like that, psychics and mediums. I think that Aaron Goodpipe, this was the paranormal researchers that was featured in this documentary that uh, they were able to answer some of the questions uh, that have been left unanswered. So um, this is great. Like I love, I'm going to uh, need to see this documentary yesterday. Um, also they do. Uh, they do answer that. Um, okay. 
So they actually do answer that right now the house, it is a rumor that the house is up for sale. Uh, they have been trying to find someone who's willing to take on what we've started to maybe help out, but that just hasn't happened yet because there's just been too many people that are obviously trying to exploit the property. So it's, it's, I'm really kind, glad that it's in their hands though. It's, because it's been they, like half rumor, half not rumor. So basically they clearly what they care. say in this interview is that they would like to have somebody to bring on to maybe help them. But if they feel, but they said it's been so hard to find because everybody that they've talked to, they just have this sense that they're just going to completely exploit the place. And for the love of God, that is not the type of place you want to do that to. You don't need to add any more negative energy than what's been already added to that place. No. So that was a really great interview uh, by RoomWorg.com. That was actually, uh, the interview was done by William Wright, October of 2021. So that was really That's recent, very recent, giving a lot of information. It was a great interview with Corey and Jennifer. I'm sorry, I said her name was Jessica. Corey and Jennifer um, about the home. Great to know that they care about the place. They are not planning on selling it. Hopefully, if they do get somebody involved, it's somebody that cares about the property just as much as they do. I'm so glad they're in contact with the parents. I do not blame Nancy and Carolyn for never. If you guys remember Nancy in the movie, like what now that really did happen with the hair pulling. Nancy got a lot of the brunt of the physical things that happened in that home. So Nancy and, and so did Carolyn, obviously. Um, Carolyn and Nancy will never come back. I don't blame them one freaking bit. But let me tell you right now, that creeped the hell out of me when they said that the house misses them. I don't like that. I wouldn't want to hear that one fucking bit. No, thank you. I'm good. Wouldn't want to hear. I'd be like, continue to it miss me. Misses that bitch. Continue to miss me. You're then. like a toxic ex. Okay, like, uh, uh, hell no. I would not want to hear that. I miss you. Ew. If a house literally, Ew. imagine walking into a house and it goes, Ew. you're like, okay, bye. Yeah, straight. Like I said, toxic ex. That's gross. <laughs> like, that's all the red. You flags. are my buddy. Fatal attraction ass looking. Fucking stalker oh ass. Look, can you please get that guy on TikTok's face on the Conjuring house? Bitch, where you been? Bitch, I miss you. Bitch, the fuck? I miss your face. Bitch. <laughs> bitch. You never let me have a chance, bitch. You fucking exploited <laughs> me, bitch. <laughs> I was just trying to show you I was there for you, bitch. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, okay, so if we could just... I'm going to have to slide into his DMs and go, sir, I have an idea. Have him compare the Amityville house I have an idea. and that house. Oh my god, no. Have oh them yelling god. at each other. Okay, so Bitch, did you have flies? I'm sliding in this guy's DMs in October, and I need that for, like, Halloween. Like, that's when we need to set that up. Like, Bitch, did you have doing... a whole room full of flies? Bitch, did you... Did you have an exorcism? Bitch! <laughs> Did you terrorize children for years? <laughs> Did you have a whole ass family murdered in your house? Bitch. <laughs> Listen, we could do this ourselves. Listen, okay. okay. <laughs> we could do this okay. ourselves. Well, I think we just wrote the script. I think we did. <laughs> oh my God. And then you hit it. Bitch, did you have the Warrens come in? <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, bitch. Actually, yeah, we both oh, did. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Well, did you have a fucking <laughs> war on your land, 
bitch. <coughs> Listen. Oh my god, that's fantastic. Oh Were you one of the original 13 colonies, bitch? <laughs> I'm done. I mean, it happened in New York. Was New York one of... Oh my god, please don't make me do that. Is New York one of the original 13? Okay, so there's Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, oh my Rhode God, Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, time. Maryland, Delaware. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I can't believe I remember Delaware, but I can't remember. I think New York was. I think New York was. Because it wasn't even New called York. New York. It was like New Amsterdam or something, New right? York, and then I'm missing four. Okay, well, listen. I think that's was it Virginia, Pennsylvania. Yes, Virginia was one of them. Pennsylvania. Yes. What are the last two? I'm dumb. I don't know. <laughs> Get the real up in. Okay, I gotta Google this shit. I'm so stupid. I gotta I Google literally this shit. Cannot even. I'm straight up like we've done all this talk about history, and I'm straight up like I have no idea what the original thirteen colonies were. Like I'm. It's not acceptable. I'm sorry, I'm, Georgia? I'm literally not that dumb. Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina. Hold, hold, please. Hold on, this is not... Okay, I found it. Okay. Just prior to declaring independence, the 13 colonies and their traditional groupings were New England, had New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut. Middle had New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. And the South had Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. Okay, so Maine and Vermont actually were not. Those were the original 13 colonies. So yes. Maine and Ver Vermont, okay. Yeah. Man, I feel stupid as hell. Oh right my god, now. I felt so dumb. I cannot believe I just had to do that. <laughs> I've Guys, I haven't had to take a fucking geography test in like 8,000 years. Or history test. So, so listen. Excuse the fuck out of me. Fuck off. So, yeah, you got a history lesson, too. Is we, provide, we provide a lot here at Don't Fuck With Your We gave you a history lesson and an actual history <laughs> lesson. Like a paranormal history lesson and an actual history lesson. That's what oh we do here. Goodness. We try. That is what we do here. We try. And again, like I said, guys, apologies for the background noise. Thank you for... Putting up with that, it has been, it is, it was literally Satan's balls today. I don't know it was what was going on. the hell of demons. I was wearing a sweater this time last week, and I had to turn the air conditioning on in my car today. Like, it's Do you want to know what ridiculous. Ohio's like? It's ridiculous. There you go. It's ridiculous. Today, today was literally ridiculous. So anyway. Should we share the good news? Yeah, so guys, first, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Yes. We hope you loved learning about the history of the place. And go watch Sleepless Unrest on please, Tubi. Please, it's literally it's free. free. It explains everything that you need to know, as much history as possible. has some of the best evidence I think I've ever seen of the actual home itself. Mm -hmm. um, we will never be visiting, but if you plan on visiting... You can. Um, all of the... All of the tours and overnights are completely booked up until the end of this year. There is their website that does provide an email address in case you want to email them. You're basically put on like a waiting list if they have any cancellations. But for now, they don't. Um, you just want to Google the farm on Round Top Road, uh, theconjuringhouse.com. And there you go. 
But as far as our good news goes, if Casper would like to announce for all the fellow Scream fans out there. So, you guys, there is a reason why we had a random weird pause. Um, I was just casually scrolling my Twitter when I saw it was tagged in something. Scream, the actual verified Scream page posted this and it said, we fucking won. Kirby from Scream 4 is officially reprising her role. Hayden Pianetier, in Scream 6. It is actually happening because it was Scream 5 when they actually, if you caught it, I actually didn't catch it when I saw it the first time. I saw it when I was reading an article about something. The movie is Um, now available for streaming on Paramount Plus in case anybody hasn't watched it since they saw it in the theaters. It is officially, has been on Paramount Plus for streaming. Yes. Uh, Kirby was actually confirmed alive. Uh, it was all, it was actually on the side. It was a YouTube video, if I remember correctly. Um, she was confirmed alive on Scream 5. So was that the one where they were showing the clip for Scream 8? So it was when they were looking so. at YouTube. If you and they looked were, at yeah, Suggested, there was, little, there was a clip that said yeah. Kirby alive or something like With that. With a question mark. Uh, Kirby is actually alive and will be reprising her role in Scream 6. <laughs> I was kind of iffy about Scream 6, and now I'm not. Nope. Not anymore. Now I'm not. Muy excited. And I'm yeah, going to need her to be the killer. I just please, at she least to be one of them. made Scream 4 for me. She's one and of the reasons sure, why Scream 4 I'm is my sure favorite. I'm sure every Scream fan of the franchise will agree that Kirby fucking made Scream 4. And... We were all hoping to see her in Scream 5. Obviously, there was a reason why she wasn't. I really loved Scream 5. I was I was I so happy it about it. Once Scream 6 was announced, I was like, oh, no. Started, oh, no. started getting a little worried. Oh, no. Started getting a little worried. Because this, this guys, we've talked so, we have talked at length about horror franchises <laughs> and how Scream is really the only one. And I think we're pretty equal in this 100%. opinion. That has been right spot on with every single movie thus far. There is not one screen There's movie not... that I can genuinely say I don't like. No. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm, I'm going to rate them differently, of course. obviously. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, even with the newest one, even with five, this franchise has been incredible. It has been such a solid horror franchise. So six... I was I was scared. I'm not gonna lie. I was scared. This now, you've you've renewed my faith because Kirby oh. Kirby is the fan favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't even think. I mean, they wouldn't have even put that little blurb in there on the you like that little tiny thing if there wasn't even a hope or a glimmer that she wasn't gonna come back in some way, shape, or form. I am pretty sure. I know. I'm. I I know. I am pretty sure the writers know. And I'm pretty sure that they know that if they would bring anybody back, obviously besides Stu, that was a fan favorite. If you if you sit Kirby. down and think about the fan favorites of all of the Scream films, everyone's going to tell you Kirby. I've never seen so much love for a character in any of the Scream films besides Kirby. That isn't the main characters, obviously, like Dewey, uh, Gale, um, Stu, uh, Help. What's his name? Jesus. The other killer. Oh, Billy. Billy. <laughs> Billy. I was like, I'm Bobby. So no. 
And obviously, it's always Billy. Obviously, Sydney. But like everyone talks about how much they love Kirby, and oh, I loved Kirby. She's one of the she reasons was the why fan favorite from four. Yeah, I, nobody can tell me any different. So I am actually so many stoked for Scream Six now. I am stoked. Bring it the fuck on. So much less nervous than I was before because I was definitely scared. So now I just now need I'm... Nev Campbell to sign on, and we'll be golden. Yep, that's all I need. Can't have a scream without her. Because we already know Courtney Cox is coming back, which I kind of figured that would happen. But now knowing that Hayden Peanut's hair is coming back, I just need Nev Campbell to sign on and I'll be, I'll be all thumbs up. 100%. This renews my faith. I'm happy. I can't yes. wait to hear more, more news about it and what it, what's, what direction yeah. that's good they're so going to take with this. All right, guys. So after such good news Yay. next week is going to be our true crime episode. A new true crime episode talking about Elliot Roger. Now, this actually was suggested by a listener. Um, Thank you. Let me get into my email really quick. Hold, please. Um, Mike Campbell is his name. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you, Mike. For your suggestion. This is why we love suggestions. We actually love listening to what you guys would like to listen to uh, or hear. So please feel free to do what Mike did and just kind of send us an email and say, hey, I was thinking about maybe what would you like to do in this? Would you like to do an episode about this? And um, he did send us an email. Hold, please. I just had it. He said, um, Elliot Roger, the insult hero. My work friend is big in documentaries and interrogation videos, and we watched one on him a few weeks back. So he just thought we, that was something that we would like to talk about and we talked about it and we were like, yeah, that actually would be a really good episode to talk about. <clears throat> very, very, very much appreciate it because I, you know, we haven't really done anyone's and, you know, it's unfortunately, um, Elliot is not the only killer that was brought up, um, that has been brought up in the past on the news that, um, was basically considered an incel and, killed due to his own insecurities um that he just blamed on everybody else you know it's it unfortunately was i don't even want to say it was i i could see how the media could say that there was like a trend of this happening i hate to even say that i just think it was a really unfortunate it was it was just i think it was several really unfortunate incidences that happened to all circle back around to this these incredibly insecure people that just couldn't couldn't keep it together and just decided that this is how I'm going to take out my insecurities on the world I'm going to blame everybody for it and kill as many people as I can cuz it's their fault not my fault and it's just a really awful, awful situation all the way around. But um, again, thank you so much for the suggestion. Please, if you got, you know, we're getting ready to plug into everything, but definitely keep that coming. Um, I know there was one a, a long time ago. I think this was way back when we did an Instagram live, which we definitely will plan on doing we one of those do again. That. I don't know why I just um, scrolled. 
You're fine. I'm like, we should do that. Really I got excited. So excited. Um, we will definitely be doing one of those again because that was so much fun. But um, we got a suggestion, and at the time we didn't do it because it was still so the case was so new. Uh, we will definitely be doing one about the Lori Vallow case. Oh, there yeah. is so much more. That. There's yeah. been a great. There is an amazing 2020, uh, like hour and a half long thing on Hulu about it. We so that is that was a suggestion early early on that we are de that's going to be coming up in the near future. Um, again, just stuff like that when it's like just happened, just came out. We don't really like to re we don't really like to do stuff about that because you don't really have all of the facts in play, and we don't want to. You know, obviously we're going to get a few things wrong here and there, but there was just such a flood of information that was coming in at the time. We wanted to make sure that all of it was concise. And better reported on and really you know till we till we knew so i can't wait to talk about that but oh, we yeah. love the suggestions please guys keep them even coming. if it's not true crime if it's a movie if it's a series if it's um cryptid we got one coming up next month that was uh my best friend danielle um gave us a great yep. suggestion we've got one coming up next month paranormal that we got a suggestion on so yeah we are always the longer we get into doing this, we are always going to be up for suggestions because there may be ideas that we can't come up with or things that we forgot about. So mm -hmm. definitely always make sure you let us know, please. And if you do have any suggestions, you can always email us at the DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. Email address. My brain, like, froze. That is the email. For a second. That is, that is an email address. <clears throat> so, guys... We have that to look forward to next week, and I'm sure that everybody has probably seen that announcement we just made because my Instagram and Twitter are blowing up right now with this information. <coughs> Excuse me. So excited. So, um, and I'm, I'm so, that makes me so excited. Um, but anyway, you guys, of course, you know we have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast 8811. What? DFWTO Podcast. The handle is dfwto8811 good god i just decided yeah. to you can also everything. dm us there if yes, you don't want absolutely. to email for you don't have suggestions for the show you can always say hi. Do, you can just slide into those dms just slide in um and of course our email uh dfwto8493 at gmail.com and of course follow and subscribe on uh google podcast podbean itunes and spotify so you know when we put out new episodes every single Wednesday, or not Wednesday, but 99% of the time it's Wednesday. You know, or we'll let you know. And also, RIP to the iPod, to anybody that still had an iPod that was listening to us on iTunes. RIP to the iPod, but you can still listen to iTunes on any other Apple device. Like an iPhone. So there you go. Or an iPad. God, yeah. I don't even, I had an iPod. I a bought long my, time ago. I bought my husband two brand. I bought a brand. He bought a brand new one for me, and I bought a brand new one from him from Best Buy. Best Buy is not even there anymore. It yeah, does, Best Buys are kind of going out. It really of, does of... not seem like it was that long ago. And he used that iPod for years at work. I used, used it, mine used it, used for it. a long time. And then just within a few days, like last week, he's like. This has been within the last couple weeks. He's like, my iPod doesn't work anymore. Like, it hasn't been working. YouTube doesn't work on it anymore. Nothing works on it anymore. I don't know if it's something with YouTube. But we were like, oh, that's really fucking weird. And then literally just within a few days, the announcement, 
Apple's getting rid of iPod. Like, that's it. iPod is done. And I was like, that's why your iPod doesn't work anymore. Because none of them do. So both of us still have iPods that I guess we're just going to donate to a fucking museum. Because that's what... I mean, like, literally anybody that still has an iPod that they were actually still listening to, I guess we could just all donate them to museums now. Because that's what's happening. Ten years from now, and And kids... This is what your millennial parents use to listen to music on. You know, there's Mac. There's a Mac computer in a museum. What? I've seen the picture. Like the computers that were in the computer lab when I was in like the big thick high. dinosaur looking ones. Yeah, they're in a. They're in a. In a. Yeah, I'm like I used to play Oregon Trail on that. Fuck you. I'm not that goddamn. Sim- not that goddamn old that that needs to be in a fucking museum. Do you remember Sim Park? No, I never played it any sim it's not sim anything no what really? it's just called sim park no and basically you create a park no it was almost actually kind of like roller coaster tycoon kind of okay deal. okay but it was very specific because whenever i say that people always think it's to do with the sims and i'm like it actually isn't it was just called sim park because it was something that you created simulation sim- yeah. sim essentially means simulation right. that's yeah just it's a simulation so, of a park basically no one ever remembers. I'm not I literally, like I don't. Isn't that crazy how stuff from your childhood seems like it was a fever dream till all of a sudden <laughs> you find it and you're like, oh my God, that was real. Oh my God, I didn't dream this. You finally get confirmation that you're not fucking crazy. I'm going to look this up once we get it's off here. It's happened to me. It ha- it's happened up. to me on TikTok. It's happened to me on Instagram where I'm like, somebody remember. Bitch, I tell like, you what really fucks me up is what is that? What are those? What? What is that thing called when you remember it differently, or when it's actually different than how you remember it? Oh, the Mandela effect. Listen, I'm listen. Some of I'm, that shit. Listen, really... I'm standing by the Berenstein Bears. I'm sta- I'm standing by that. I don't care. I don't care. I read those books religiously, and it was the goddamn Berenstein Bears, not the Berenstain Bears. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not believing it. No. Look what else no. has officially come out today. I know. That bitch. <laughs> it's that bitch. Bonnie Aaron's I love you, but that bitch. Like that's all I'm gonna I say. I <laughs> cannot wait for the nun too. I really can't. Speaking of the Conjuring universe. I can't either. I can't. All right, everyone. We all hope you have a wonderful week. Can't wait to bring you next week's. Hope you enjoyed this one. Go watch that documentary. To be sleepless unrest. Yes. And remember, don't don't fuck fuck with the original. original. Just like Scream 4 and Kirby's coming back. Okay, good old the bye. Bye. I just.